the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Jesus went on to the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast first a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, <clears throat> being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus, Jesus had lifted up himself, and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Amen. Amen. What a what a wonderful service of verses of scripture. Precious Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of God. Thank you for being omniscient, Father God, all knowing. Thank you for being sovereign. Thank you for most of all being gracious, loving, and kind and compassionate because we Like that woman caught in adultery, maybe not adultery, but we've been caught in some stuff, Father God, and you have been faithful and just, as your word said, to cover us with your blood of righteousness, Father God. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Fascinating. Fascinating study. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, a familiar place for him to go and teach. I think when we... When we finish uh, service on first Sunday, we always say, go out into our Mount of Olives. We ought to have a Mount of Olives, too, a place where we go and maybe a place where we go and study, a place where we go maybe to meet people and talk and learn about Jesus. But it says in verse two, and I'm going I'm to get to this to this text. It's easy. It's easy to accuse people. 
Okay? Nothing's, nothing's easier to do than to find fault in people. Okay? So, so Jesus here, early in the morning, the Bible says, early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people, all the people came unto him and sat down and taught them. He sat down and taught them. No, just off, off the top, three things is happening here with Jesus. He, he showed up early in the morning. And, 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 and early in the morning is a good time to, to wake up and open up the scriptures. You know, maybe have your cup of coffee and sit down. It's quiet. You know, the, if you got kids, they, hopefully they still sleep. And you can get open up the scriptures and, and read them early in the morning. Another thing we, we see with Jesus, and I think I've heard this over and over and, and with you guys talking about the church. Where is he at? The place that he went. He went to the temple. Jesus went to the temple. Okay. The temple is a place where, where, where Christians meet. It's a place of learning. It's a place of learning. And he went to the temple. And I like this last one. His posture. The Bible says he sat down. He sat down as as one having authority. He sat down, meaning he wasn't in no hurry. Okay, when a, when a, when a preacher sits down and you teaching and talking, you don't you don't you don't want to be talking to nobody. You ever talking to somebody and they keep looking at their watch? Keep looking at their watch. That's it. What kind of message does that, does that send? I got things to do. Speed it up, buddy. Okay, speed it up, buddy. Okay, now. Now, we look at when we look at the verses one through six, the scribes in verse three, they brought a woman unto him taken in adultery. Okay? She was taken in adultery, verse three says, and, and when they had set her in the midst. Can you imagine? Jesus is teaching. The Son of God is teaching. They just interrupt the service. The Bible says many people came down to be taught. So this was a big deal. And they brought this woman and set her down in the midst and, and, and so disrespectful. So disrespectful. So disrespectful to the Lord and Savior. See, I, I, I wanted to title this when, when demons show up to church. Okay? <laughs> Because they, they, they just come in and set the woman down naked, okay? Or with, maybe with a towel over her or a sheet. And they say unto him, Master. Huh? How are you going to call him Master when you've just been so rude and disrespectful? They call him Master. They say this woman was taken in adultery in the very... Act. There's a lot of problems. A lot of problems with this. Okay. Let me read all the way to verse 6. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Verse 6. This they said tempting him that they might have to accuse him. What's so important about finding fault with Jesus? Why, why did the Pharisees and the scribes and, 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 and demon, demon motivated people have, have such a desire to find fault with Jesus? 
Pilate, you remember Pilate and John, Pilate says, I find no fault in him. Okay? And that, but after several numerous examinations, Pilate says, I find no fault in him. These scribes and Pharisees weren't going to find it either. But they, they said in verse 5, now Moses in the law commanded that such should be stoned. What? But what sayest thou? Fault finders. Accusers. See, it's easy to find fault in others. Why is that? That's an easy answer. Why is it so easy to find fault in others? Here's, here's, here's why. Because there is none righteous. No, not one. It's, it's easy to find fault in folks. Let me let me see if I can give you bump you up another scripture. I like to I like this. I like to see that. Listen, here's why it's so easy to find fault. Okay, for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. How many? This is scripture. Ecclesiastes 7.20. I Ecclesiastes 7.20. That's one. Okay. Let me give you another one. Why it's so easy to find fault? See? People come to church, look around, and get mad, and join another church. Listen, listen, listen. There ain't no perfect churches. Okay. Somebody used to, back in the day, they said it was perfect until you came. Okay. Listen, Galatians 3.22, watch. But the scripture, I love what I'm going to say, but the scripture have concluded all under sin. One more. Why it's so easy to find fault? Okay. It's been a couple hours with me. You'll find a lot of fault. Like, man, this brother got some stuff going on because, because I'm a man in the flesh. Okay, covered with this stuff, and it and it bothers me and it troubles me. For, for, for Paul says, "For all have sinned, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." Now I, I know some of y'all, some of y'all out here is like, you know what? I I don't like being called a sinner. As a matter of fact, I think I'm doing pretty good. I'm thinking I'm doing pretty good, not sinning. I, I, I really, you know, I really think that. I heard somebody send me something and said, "You know what? If you're born again, you you don't sin anymore." That's a lie. Amen. That's not that's that's not a lie because I said it's a lie based on scriptures. Listen, if we say that we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. Amen. And the truth is not in us. First John 1 8. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. It's easy to find false. So they so they so they bring this woman caught in the very act. Now, now I know what y'all thinking. Just just something missing. There's something missing. Matter of fact, there might be somebody missing. But but again, before I even go there, I want to talk about these. These type of spirits, okay? These type of spirits, and 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 and, and we was talking about it in Sunday school. This is why I said, Jeremy, you kind of jumped into our class again, okay? 
But but we but America's problem is spiritual. Okay? We got stuff going on in America that defines logic. Okay? Yeah. It does. The stuff I'm start seeing and reading, it, it just defines logic. And somebody said, What's well, the spiritual thing? People say it's, it's, it's the it's the Republicans, it's the Democrats, it's it's no, it's a spiritual thing. Okay? Watch this. I don't even know where to start. Let me start here. Let me start here, John 10 10. Okay? Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? That's it. Before, before God can use us. Now I'm not getting into I'm not getting into this all this spirit stuff and I'm not talking about no exorcisms and stuff because that movie still bothers me when we watched it when we was kids and the girl sitting there and her head spun all the way around that kind of threw us off it's gotten a lot worse since then it's gotten a lot worse since then but that was back in the day that was the real deal for us we was like whoa that's that where's this going I never thought it would be going to where it's at now with Chucky and all that but but before God can use you you got to do some, some work on you. You know, Mary Magdalene loved the Lord so much. She loved the Lord so much. Folks would like to teach that they had a relationship. Okay. They, that's a lie that goes on. And, 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 and because he, she loved him. You know what? And here's why. Mark 16. I watched this talking about, talking about Mary Magdalene. And she showed up. The Bible says she showed up. Early the first day of the week. Okay, she's at the tomb. And he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. How about that? How about that? Jesus appeared first to Mary Magdalene. Okay. Watch what the scriptures add to this. Okay. Out of whom he had cast Seven demons. Okay? I, I, I believe, not this church, in a lot of churches, there are more people in the churches with critical spirits than Holy Spirits. Okay? Holy Spirit desires sound biblical preaching, it's important. Here in Acts, and I, and I have to, I have to go there. Here in Acts, eight seven. I'm, I'm gonna get to this. I'm gonna get to the story of Jesus. But we, a lot of times, and, and when you when you putting a sermon together, I really try to stay on track as much as I could. But this one here just took me to a whole another place because I believe the only way you're gonna deal with critical spirits. And unclean spirits, you got to preach to them. That's why I keep hearing, you know, preaching is preaching is important. You have to preach the gospel to save a person. Faith cometh how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so if God comes into a place, and if God comes into a place, and there's a whole lot of folks in there that 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 don't know the Lord, I, the only way they're gonna know them is the word of God is preached. Okay, 
That's important. So here in, in Acts chapter 8, this is, this is fascinating to me because it's talking about, it's talking about Stephen, okay? Excuse me, Philip. It's talking about Philip. Now, Paul had just struck the church. The people of God were, were, were scared. They were all standing in one place. Paul came in, hit the church with some pain and some hardship and some persecution and scattered the church. And we pick it up in verse number five of, of Acts chapter eight. I thought this was fascinating. It says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Watch what he did. And preached Christ unto them think about that he didn't go down there he didn't go down there playing games he went down there and preached Christ unto the Samaritans which were considered half breeds okay which were which were deemed by the Jews to be to be Gentiles dogs okay and he preached Christ to them verse number five now watch this and the people, with one accord, unified, gave heed unto the things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Why did he do the miracles? Why did he do the miracles? To authenticate that he truly was sent from God. Now watch this. Verse 7. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, after they heard the word of God, after they heard Jesus Christ being preached, came out of many that were possessed with them. What does it mean to be possessed? There's only two possessions. You either possessed by God or you possessed by Satan. Period. There ain't no, there ain't no in the middle. Well, right now I'm in the middle. No, you know, no. You on the Lord's side? Or you're on Satan's side. Okay? Now somebody says, well, I don't know if I'm on the Lord's side because I, I got a lot of struggles. Join, welcome to the club. That's right. Okay? Okay? Just because you got struggles don't mean you ain't on the Lord's side. Okay? The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. We learned this morning in Sunday school. Jesus said, they, they pray for them. Pray for them. I'm praying for these folks that love me because they need strength. All right? It's hard to serve God in this flesh. And God knows that. Okay. And he sends us strength. He sends us power to overcome it. Then not only power to overcome it. Not only power to overcome it, Deacon Jeremy. But power to get up when this flesh puts us down. Amen. Okay. That's, 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 that's wonder. Somebody say wonder working power. Amen. Let me. Let me let me finish this and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get going. I just want to I just go down this little rabbit trail here. Watch verse number seven. Verse number seven it says, and and after they heard the word, the seed saw the miracles, you know, it says, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and and that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. I'm gonna leave it alone. I just thought that was interesting to me. I hope it was interesting to you. I want to get back to my story. Okay. Paul teaching to Timothy. And when you see Paul teaching to Timothy or Titus or any of the epistles to the church, he said, this is going to happen in the church age. When the church age comes, these things are going to happen. And y'all see them. Y'all know they're happening. 
Y'all know they have them. Paul says in 1 Timothy 4, 1, watch, watch what he's saying. Now, now remember, this is 2,000 years old. But, but today, to, to us, it's like brand new. 1 Timothy 4, 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, times we living in now, these are latter times, some shall depart from the faith. How about that? Some shall depart from the faith. Okay? Everybody, every COVID ain't run everybody out of church. Okay? Some folks just need an excuse. Amen. Okay? Because the word of see the word of God, the word of God stands on its own. So if the word of God says in the latter time, some shall depart from the faith, we don't know what God's ways ain't our ways. Okay? Why? Let me tell you why. Watch this. Because see, the word of God sometimes, sometimes it explains itself. If you keep reading it, some of these verses will explain themselves. Now, I'm going to go back and I'm going to push right through. I'm going to push right through. I promise. Now, the Spirit speaking expressly that in the latter times, some, not all, some shall depart from the faith. That's important. You need your faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. You need your faith. Paul said, I've kept the faith. I've protected the faith. Listen, you can get all this other stuff. See, that, this, was what, this is what God was saying last week to the rich young ruler. You, you sell all that stuff, and I'll give you faith, and it's worth it all. It's worth all that junk you got because this faith will take you places that you've never been. Okay? But he, he, he was materialistic. And he didn't understand. God was talking to him in spiritual languages. Let me keep going. Some shall depart from the faith. Giving heed. Giving heed. Giving heed means giving in. You know, being bombarded. The world bombards us with all this stuff. You know, TikTok and Facebook and Snapchat and all this stuff coming at us. Twitter and we got all these stations and all this entertainment and we got all this stuff all designed all designed to chip us away from the Lord chip us away from the Lord chip us away from the Lord you know what it's called giving heed to seducing spirits I hear some of y'all I pay attention you know, some, 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 you know, sometimes some of y'all got to get home at a certain time your spirit coming on TV. <laughs> back in the day, back in the day, back in the day, some of us old folks in here, they, they, the bars weren't called bars. What were they called? House of Spirits. See, House of Spirits. So, so now you start having these conversations about alcohol and alcoholism and all that. There's spirits going in you. Alcohol is a spirit. And the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, and the alcohol are not good friends. Okay, he calls them taking, giving heed to seducing spirits. Okay, you ever, anybody ever ran into a seducing spirit? You know that seducing spirit trying to seduce you. That's what it's trying to do. Trying to stop you from doing what's right. Amen. It's trying to stop you. It's trying to stop you, and it won't let you go. Okay. Now, 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 y'all sit here and think this, 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 this man is preaching and stuff. You know, and I'm under conviction. 
Okay? Because I got my battles and I got my issues. But God didn't tell me to preach my battles and my issues. I got stuff going on in my world. Okay? Them seducing spirits, you know, the pastors ain't exempt from them. Amen. Okay? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They had a, they had something in, on, in Chicago of all of all places of all places Chicago public schools okay they gonna have after school they gonna have a Satan club okay y'all 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 read that Satan club after school program you know kids can't get home they after school program they go to the Satan club see 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 Satan ain't playing okay Satan club let's get to let's get to the let's get down to the to the nitty gritty it's easy to find fault. I told you that it's easy to fall and find fault. All you gotta do is look at a, a, a human being, you'll find fault. Why? Because there's none righteous, no, not one. Let's look at this, let's look at this, this heartless, this heartless scheme that these that these devil worker and Pharisees brought before the Lord. Here we go. And and, and it's, it's a scheme is a plan, a plot. They what they they was they didn't care nothing. About this woman's soul. They didn't care nothing about her, 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 her body. They didn't care nothing about her reputation. They didn't care nothing about her. No remorse. No remorse. Okay? And they brought this woman, the verse 3 says, and the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. Now we've gone over this before. It's popped up in Sunday school and Wednesday nights. It's popped up many times. We know what's missing. They have no case, okay? They have no case. This is the weakest case you could ever have on adultery. Why? Because it takes two, okay? And if you caught her in the very act, where he at? Okay? You can't commit adultery by yourself, okay? It takes two to tangle. So where he at? So they got a bad case. Right off the rip, they got a bad case. No prosecutor would take this case. On a daughter say, well, you know, we got this woman caught in adultery. And the prosecutor would say, okay. Who was she with? Where are you at? Listen, watch it. It even gets worse. Because see, they, they think they're dealing with a they think they're dealing with a politician like we deal with today. Okay, so you can take a case, you can take a case to the Supreme Court, and you can take a case to the prosecutor, you can take a case to the to the to the Senate or the Congress. You can take a case because they're going they're going down party lines. Jesus don't belong to no party. Amen. Okay, he he not he not he not going to sign off on your mess just because you know you want to be one of us. See, a lot of people do that. Okay, you know you take you take a case. You know, I, I need this. I need, you know, tell the prosecutor with a little bit of money under the table. I need this person convicted or or I need this person set free. Uh-oh. Y'all know money talk. Uh-huh. D- you know, you can't operate with Jesus like that. Amen. You can't bring your mess to Jesus and think he going to sign off on it. Watch what they say in verse number four. And they say unto him, Master, this woman, this is the second time was taken in adultery. See, he's ignoring him. Okay? Listen. Ain't nothing like being ignored. So they come harder at Jesus. 
They come harder at Jesus and they say, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. Then they add in the very act. Okay. They, 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 you, y'all see how silly they sound. Okay. They got a plan. Okay. And they're trying to pin Jesus. Okay. Because if Jesus said, Stoner, he wrong because he saw so the man came to seek and save the lost. And, and, and if he lets her go, they're saying, well, he let her go when she was guilty. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they're trying to pin him. You can't pin Jesus. Amen. You can't pin Jesus. Think about it. Who else tried to pin Jesus? I'm trying, I was trying to think about who else tried to pin Jesus. Remember the story? These same scribes and Pharisees, they kind of pin Jesus. I'm off this off the top of my head. They had a, wa- a woman, and she had a husband. And he died, and she had another husband, and he died, and then she had another husband, and he died. She had seven husbands. And they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Jesus say, see, this, this, is why, this, this is why I follow Jesus, because he don't care. See, I, I couldn't follow a, a, a man that said it was a God that, was, that just didn't care. He said, listen, in the resurrection, there ain't no husbands and wives. I see that all the time. It's so sad. I don't say nothing. Oh, they just want to be with, they just want to be with mommy. They just want to go to heaven and be with they, they wives. And, you know. I, I, see, y'all, y'all don't know how, much, how compassionate I am. I want to tell them the truth. Ain't no husbands and wives in heaven. They get all the love you can now. Stay with me. I'm turning pages. Got all kind of stuff. Too much stuff. What's the problem? What's the problem? What's the problem with their plan? What's the problem with their plan? We know what the problem with their plan. There's no man. Matter of fact, if you start watching this story evolve, it's almost like one of the men that was standing there and brought her there could easily have been the other party. Okay? Now, now verse 5, they still pushing and Jesus still ignoring them because they have no case. They have no case. Now, now here's what they're saying now because Jesus is not listening to them. Now, the, now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stone. What sayest thou? Okay. Question. Question mark, but still ignoring him. Verse 6. And they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. Here's where it gets good. But Jesus stooped down. Jesus stooped down. And with his finger, Wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Now, 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 maybe they didn't know. Maybe they didn't know. Maybe they didn't know they was in the presence of a holy, sovereign, omniscient, omnipresent God. Maybe they thought he could be bought. Maybe they thought he would just go along with them. Okay? No. 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 Listen, he wrote 
down. What? What? I think we had. I think we we went over this. We we tried to figure out uh, what did he write. What did he write? Hmm. That's a two thousand year old question. Okay. Let me let me give you the best Bible answer I can give you. Then I'll give you my opinion. Okay. The best Bible answer I can give you. What he wrote? I don't know. I don't know what he wrote. But he wrote something. Okay. Somebody said he might have wrote the Ten Commandments. What's one of the Ten Commandments? Not to commit adultery. Okay. He could have wrote. He could have. Yeah, he could have wrote that too. He could have wrote the names of the women that the accusers had committed adultery with. Now, as I studied this that this week, that was the general consensus answer is that he started dropping dimes. He started snitching. He started telling. Okay? See, it's easy. It's easy. One of the easiest things we can do as Christians is to forget our own sins. Think about that. It's easy to forget our own sins. It's easy to forget where God has brought us from. Okay? It's easy. It's easy to forget what God has done for us. And we can get high and lifted up. And we can be condescending and we can talk down to people. And why, why would somebody do something like that? Why would somebody do something like that? I, I, I find myself guilty of that. You know myself. But like I used to tell the inmates, and I used to tell the officers, there's not a sin. There's not a crime that any of these boys in here committed that I couldn't do. I just thank God. I just thank God. See, when you want to sit here and think about some of the things you can thank God for, thank God for that. Because there have been times in all of our lives when we were going to do something stupid that could cost us everything. Okay? But God has intervened, tapped us on the shoulder, and, and made us think that we don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Now, I'm not on the, I'm not on the side of those folks that say we ought not judge. Okay? We ought to judge. We ought to judge how? Righteously, not rash and not unloving and, and not in a fault finding way. We shouldn't judge in a way that we want to condemn people without even looking at the situation. That's what he's talking about. I've taken people to court and many of us in here is going might have to go to small claims court. OK, might have to. Nothing wrong with going to small claims court. Nothing wrong with judgment in the church. We've had to do it. You go to a person, the Bible says how? One-on-one. That don't work. Two-on-one. That don't work. Bring it before the whole church. So don't allow these folks to tell you, well, you can't judge. You got to judge. Every day. You go into all these, look at the bananas. You ain't, you gonna look at them. You ain't going to just pick up the bruise up ones. You're going to look at the bananas. Okay, you might want to look at some ones that's yellow and some green so they don't all get ripe at the same time. But what are you doing? You are judging them bananas. Judging the bananas. Listen, 
verse 8, verse 7. And we'll go first 7, 8, and 9. We're going to be done. So when they continued, Bible says in verse 7 of John 8, they continued asking him. They was pressed. They wanted Jesus bad. They wanted him strung out. They wanted him. They wanted to be able to put a sin on him. Okay. You know, the world, the world is like that. The moment you say you're a child of God, it may be your co-workers. It may be your family. It may be your, it could be your loved ones. It could be your neighbors. What's it, Why is it so important that someone be able to put a sin on you? Because they take away your testimony. When they can take away your testimony and say, well, you know what? You're a womanizer and you committed adultery. Then you then 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 you have no leverage with them. That's why these these Pharisees were trying to pin something on Jesus, because if they can pin something on him, guess what? Guess what he couldn't do? Couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. He was what? What did John say? He was the spotless, sinless Lamb of God who cometh to take away the sins of the world. John never wavered. John never wavered. If he, if the Pharisees would have been able to put a sin on him, then he wouldn't be spotless. Okay. If they say, "Well, you know what? We see Jesus and Mary, Jesus and Mary Magdalene behind the bushes kissing." Some folks teach that. Now, now, watch what he says. Now, this, this is where it gets really interesting. Verse, verse number seven. Because when I, when I studied this and studied this and studied this, it makes more sense. He says in verse seven. So when they continue asking him, now, they continue asking him. Mm-hmm. He lifted up himself. Okay. I look at that as like deity. Okay. And he said unto them. Now, now Jesus talking to you and Jesus rebuking you, a whole lot different than me reading it. Okay? Because when the glory of God calls you out, let me tell you something, it'll blow you back. Remember when they came to see Jesus? I think we studied this next week in Sunday school. Remember they came to arrest Jesus? And they approached him. And they was like, Who are, where is he at? He said, I am him. What happened? They all went, fell backwards. Okay? They all fell backwards. I'm thinking, I'm thinking here, Jesus is calling them to accountability. He's calling them out in verse number seven. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And, and he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Listen, let me tell you something. He's not talking about just sin. He ain't talking about you cussing. He ain't talking about you, excuse me, <clears throat> he ain't talking about you doing something foolish. He's talking about one specific sin. He's calling you out for charging her with doing something that you do. Okay? He, that's, what he, that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about nobody would be able to cast a stone if he was, if he was about sinless or without sin. He would have been the only one. Jesus would have been the only one there that could throw a stone. Nobody could have thrown a stone because there's none righteous. No, not one. So he said, he that is without sin among you, among you accusers, let him 
first cast the stone at her. You sit here and see how this thing is developing. I believe the one that left first was the one that was with her. That's just me talking between the lines. Y'all, you know, we would have fun with this on Wednesday night, but this ain't Wednesday night, so I can just say what I want to say. Y'all can talk to me in the hallway. Amen. Okay? And, and, but I believe, then he said, let him first cast a stone. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Y'all, now, see how it's coming out? I believe he wrote, he started writing the names of these adulterers. Okay? Oh, and he again stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, they which understood what he said, he that is without the sin of adultery, let him throw the first stones. Because once he wrote down their business, being convicted. Now, that's a powerful word. That's a powerful word. Let me tell you something. Being convicted is different than bringing up charges. See, you can be charged with something. Somebody can charge you with something. You can be charged with a crime. It's a courtroom word. So you can be charged with a crime. But the, the evidence has to go before the judge before it can go to the jury. Because if the, if the prosecutor look at it and say, well, you know what? I don't think I got a case. You don't have enough, you don't have enough evidence. It's going to get thrown out. But here, they bypass all that. These men who, who were convicted. Bible said they, they, they was convicted. They put themselves in prison. They, they, they bypassed the whole process. They, them being convicted. That is powerful, verse number nine. And when they heard it, being convicted by their own conscience. Amen. Wow. Wow. Now y'all see, preaching ain't easy. Preaching ain't easy. I gotta put you on the list. I gotta put you on the list. I might need a break. How about that? Get you, get you going. Think about what I'm saying. Amen. Can you imagine? Somebody said I gotta preach the whole counsel of God. Because the word of God convicts the, the hearers and the preachers. How about that? And you and, and when they heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, they went out one by one, beginning at the elders, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone. Let me let me let me share what some expositors said when it when it went out by the eldest. That 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 doesn't always mean the oldest. Okay, the eldest in, in, in biblical wordings means the one with the most authority. Okay, so if, if, it, if the rich young ruler was there, he's the ruler of the synagogue. He might have been the youngest one, but he had the most power. Okay, so so beginning at the eldest, even until the last. And Jesus was left alone. They believe Jesus alone. They learn a lesson. But here's here's where it gets a little interesting. I'm going to close. Why did the woman stay? Why did the woman stay? No accusers, no case. Why did the woman stay? That's a good question, ain't it? She, listen, listen, I wouldn't stay. Drop the charges. You know, all, and my, if nobody, nobody here that can convict me, they all gone. 
Why did she stay? Think about that. She stayed. She stayed because God had done a work in her life. Remember what we talking about. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot have an encounter with a holy God and remain the same. She knew she wasn't innocent. She knew she wasn't innocent. Okay. She didn't go. And God did something. God did something loving and, and, and kind to her. What did he do? Watch this. Verse 10 and 11. I'm close. And when Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. None but the woman. And he said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? And she said, watch the language. She said, watch the language. Now, this is talking about a sinner. We're talking about a sinner. We're talking about in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, adultery was one of the grossest sins. Adultery is what David did. And David lost everything because of his adulterous relationship with, with Bathsheba. Adultery in the Old Testament was, was serious. Serious. Should be serious today. It should be serious today. Okay? But it definitely was serious then. Okay? So this woman... This woman said no man. And the next word, the next word she says out of her mouth explains why she stayed. Okay. The next word out of her mouth explains why she stayed. Because when she came there as an adulterer caught in the act of adultery, she wasn't saved. She didn't know the Lord. She had never had an encounter with the Lord like this. But now when she's seen, when she's seen Jesus at work, and again, she might end up being a, being a woman of the night or whatever. This woman was having an affair in the daytime though, early in the morning. But, you know, usually they say the nighttime is the right time. But this is early in the morning. She most likely would have known everything that Jesus wrote. She must. She might have known everybody that them guys had been with that was accusing her. I'm making sense, Jeremy. Yep. Okay. Ain't, listen, ain't no secrets in Youngstown. Come on now. You go to the barbershop, you learn everything you need to know about Youngstown. You go to the beauty shop, listen, you, you, hear, you learn stuff you don't even care to know. Ain't no secrets. Okay. She knew everything was going on. And by her examination of the Lord, by her watching Jesus Christ operate in the spirit of God and the power of God, she calls him <clears throat> Lord. She says, no man, no man, Lord. I like that. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I, neither do I condemn you. See that word, that word condemn, that's a powerful word. Neither do I condemn you. Okay, I'm, I, and, 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 and who had the power to do it? Jesus. He could have condemned her. Okay, now remember this. Remember this. If you don't get much from this sermon, remember in the, under the law, under the law, there's no grace. There's no mercy. All the law does is point to your sin and accuse you of it, and that's it. She deserved to be stoned, whether or not they brought the man or not, she still committed the act of adultery. Okay? Mm -hmm. Okay? But Jesus, full of grace and full of mercy, showed up 
in her life and said these magnificent words. And he said it to us. If you saved in here, if you saved in here, I don't care, male or female, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be transgender and all that stuff. We are that woman. Okay? That woman represents us. And 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 he has to become because based on an encounter that we had with him, all y'all had an encounter with the Lord. Okay, I hope I'm not up here and it's preaching to the preaching. Well, we don't have a choir preaching to to the, to the air. Okay, she said, "No man, Lord, He has to be your Lord. He has to be." So we, we want a savior. I want, I, I want a savior. No, see, a savior come when you, when you know, well, my car broke down. I need some money. You know, I'm in a jam. I need a savior. No, no, no. You need the Lord. You got to be Lord first. See? He got to be Lord first before he can be savior. She said, no man, Lord. I like that. And Jesus said, neither do I. Excuse me. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Now watch. Same text. Go sin no more. What's, she, what's he saying? What's he saying? He's giving her a warning. He's giving her a reprimand. He, you know, you ever go to, you ever, you, mm-hmm. now, I, I, I've, I've been on jobs and I've gotten reprimands. Yeah, I know y'all think I'm like the perfect employee. I got rolled up before, you know. I got a reprimand. They tell you to start off. What they start off with a warning, Jeremy? They give you a warning, then you do it again. They give you a how's it go, Toya? I know you haven't got one. You know, you get a you get a write up. He's giving her a warning. He's giving her a reprimand. He's giving her a rebuke. What's he saying? Go sin no more. He's not telling her not to go out and sin no more. He said, don't sin what? The sin of Adultery. He's saying, based on our relationship, now that I'm Lord, you have the power to overcome the desire to live in adulterous life. Amen. 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 